0: Everyone, you're listening to Operation Dichotomy. I'm Paul. I'm your host, and we are the bridge between perception and reality. As usual, we thank you again for just tuning in and spending your time with us. Uh, today, we have a we have an awesome guest. I'll get into that later. But as you know, we try to bring you cool guests who have different perspectives, so that we can learn different things about uh, maybe people that we haven't really been exposed to in our lives, and therefore. We're not as ignorant after this podcast about these people that we don't really know. So again, thank you. If you haven't done so already, please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. And if we provided any value for you at all, go ahead, scroll down and hit that five-star review button. That would help us a lot in continuing to get our message out. And finally connect with us. If you haven't done so already at operation or on Instagram at operation Dichotomy. Now, to today's guest, to today's guest, uh, let me let me introduce this man. His name is Tay Lewis. You may or may not have heard about Tay Lewis yet, but I guarantee in the next year or a couple years, you will. This is a man who was born and raised in North Carolina. You'll see that he has that southern hospitality in his voice and the way that he speaks. He is now, for some crazy reason, in Albany, New York, of all places. Uh, yes i am if you're familiar with the region uh, it's more specifically in schenectady uh, he is an african-american country singer all right i don't know how many african-american country singers you know in your life but now for me i know one and he's basically sitting right here in front of me so tay lewis welcome to the show thank you for being with us here today how are you doing man
1: i'm good man how are you how are you Everything holding up for
0: you? Dude, I'm great. Uh, like I told you earlier, I'm excited about the conversation that we're going to have today. Um, yeah. It's, man, it's good. Before we continue this conversation, I'm going to throw this in for the audience. Um, I think the best way to introduce a musician is maybe play a little bit of his music for you. So take a second and listen to this.
1: Keep your mind staying on the price. Don't conform. Yeah,
0: and that was our very own. Tay Lewis is one of his singles that's been released a couple weeks ago. I'll tell you where to find him later, but if you enjoyed that music, and I know you did, go ahead and find him, follow him, support this guy because he's just an awesome dude. Uh, again, Tay, thanks again for being here with us. Let's let's go into your story a little bit. Okay. Uh, You're born and raised in North Carolina. How was your upbringing? What kind of um what kind of values did you grow up with? How did you get into country? Let's just start from your childhood and go from there.
1: Yeah. So, like you said, grew up in North Carolina, Goldsboro, North Carolina, to be exact. Uh, nobody knows exactly where that is. So a lot of people when I tell them, I'm just like, uh, when I say, Hey, like I'm from North Carolina, Goldsboro, and they're just like, Where is that? Now I have to say Raleigh. And then oh. they'll be like, Oh, I know what that's at. So then it's like, okay. So I'm just having to explain to people that. But yeah, grew up in um in the church. You know, my dad's a pastor, my grandfather was a pastor. Um, everybody in my family are either pastors or preachers. So <laughs> Or evangelist. So, um, grew up like that. Uh, my mom, she is a kindergarten teacher, and so we basically saw her, like my parents, like the way they were, the way they were raised. They were raised in the south, so that's how they raised us to be able to have that southern hospitality.
0: Yeah, let's talk about the music side, right? Because you said oh, that your okay. family was very, very musical growing yes. up.
1: Yes. So my family, yeah, they're very, very musical. Uh, my dad, he's a musician. My mm-hmm. mom, she's a singer also. So she sung classical music mm-hmm. um, and a lot of classical music that she grew up on. And she um, she sung in the in the gospel choir also. But she found her love in like doing classical music and country, not country music, but classical music and gospel music. And then my dad, he was in a quartet band. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times we would probably see him most of the time, but not all the time because he was gone all the time um, doing quartet music and going out and traveling and all that type of stuff like that. And so the only time that we would really see him is if like he wasn't traveling.
0: (laughs) He was a pastor as well as a musician?
1: Yes. So that's crazy, right? I don't understand how my dad was doing that, but he did it. He traveled, Mm -hmm. he traveled like going to different places. And then on top of that, he was able to, um, he was able to like, you know, be a pastor at the same time. So I don't know how in the world that happened, but he did it. Um, I have one brother and he's a drummer also. So all of us are musical, musically inclined. Um, mm-hmm. And then I was right up in the hood, basically. Um, my mom and dad, they raised us in, in that part of the hood where it was like, we saw a lot of, you know, people getting shot. and We saw a lot of people, you know, end up, you know, going through life struggles and everything like that. So we, we lived that type of broke life. My dad took us out of that and then once they took us out of that, um, he basically took us to the white part of the society. Okay. If you can basically <laughs> say that. Um, but he took us Just to the white part. it's uh-huh. keeping it real. Yeah. But he took us to the white part of the society and um it was kind of like a, a fresh prince of Bel Air type of deal, basically. <laughs> wow. <really>? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we grew up there and my dad, because he got a new job, and so for him, it was like, Hey, we're gonna we got a new job. So is where we're going to go. And me and my brother, we were like, no, we're not trying to go. <laughs> and, um, you know, it would be upsetting to us. But over time, we got, you know, the hang of going to high school, going to middle school there, and a part of elementary school there, too. And um, from there, we were still doing music. Um, and we became a musical family where we would like, traveling and all that type of stuff like that. Um, and, you know, we from there, we gravitated into all of that. Mm -hmm. And then how I got into country music was I went to um, one of my friend's house and who lived right beside us. And his name was Connor, uh, Connor Anderson. And his sister's name was Brooke Anderson. Mm -hmm. And we lived right right beside them. And we were just, uh, I went over to their house because, you know, around the time, Around that time, like in the 90s, they had Sega Genesis and all that type of stuff out.
0: Sega Genesis. So that did you a little Sega. bit. Okay. Sega! <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
1: But they had all of that out. And we were, um, we were there at the house playing um, Sonic, I think it was. Either Sonic or Mario Kart. It was it's probably
0: Sonic. I don't think they had Mario Sonic. Kart for Sega.
1: Did they not? I don't know. But no, it was a Nintendo them. thing, right? Oh, uh, that's what it was. That's uh, what it was. Okay. But well, that's besides so, yeah. the point.
0: Sorry. Continue. Yeah.
1: yeah. So we were playing, we were playing that, and then all of a sudden I heard a song come on and it was talking about like wide open spaces. So I was like, what the heck is this song? This, this is a this is a popping song. What the heck is this? Mm. Um and so I went in there and I asked her, I said, Hey, what is this song called? You know, and she was just like, Oh, this is Dixie Chicks, wide open spaces. And um, I was like, Oh my god, they sound really good. Like, who like, you know, are they, what type of music is this? And she was like, "Oh, this is like country music." And so from there, she was like, um, she said, "Yeah, like you, you like this type of music?" I said, "Yeah, like I love it. Like I've never heard this type of music." Cuz growing up, you know, me and my parent, me and my brother, we grew up in a in a house where we all we listened to was gospel music. We didn't listen to anything else but gospel music. So, trying to hear anything else but you know anything else it was like nah you're not gonna listen to that my dad he was Mm -hmm. not playing that when he was home he didn't play that my mama she didn't play that either like literally we would have gospel music playing all the time but that's besides Mm -hmm. the point
0: okay hold on so basically you grew up in a musical family Mm -hmm. um surrounded by pastors and preachers so specifically gospel music Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you're at this person's house uh, what's, her, what's her friend's name again? Brooke. Connor, Connor and Brooke. Brooke. Connor and
1: the, Brooke, yeah.
0: Brooke Anderson? hmm Okay, so she's the one that kind of introduces you to this Dixie Chick song. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, your world is open to this this country music that just blew your exactly. mind. Exactly. Okay, yeah. so Brooke Anderson, if you're listening to this or if you ever hear this, you're the one <laughs> that caused Taylor Lewis to blow up and become a country star.
1: I'll probably, what I'll do is I'll probably like basically tag her in this once we do this podcast but yeah so she was the one that introduced me to it and i asked her i said hey can i take this uh, cd home and she said yeah you can take it home so took the cd home it never got back to her house (laughs) it never got back because i got to a point where i ended up scratching you know how like when you play it too much and Mm -hmm. then you end up scratching the cd that's exactly what happened uh, i end up scratching the cd and i was just like i can't take this girl her cd back like she gonna be like what did you do with my cd <laughs>
0: yeah she's probably listening to this wondering where my cd is and exactly probably, oh, <laughs> so now well he- now you know
1: <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry that's where i said oh, it's it's i don't know it's probably still at my parents house i think it is i think it's still there but um mm-hmm. yeah so from so there what she, yeah oh yeah so from there it like kind of transpired to me, doing you know what I love, and I love like country music, but kind of explaining that to my father and my mother was kind of hard to explain that to them um, because you know I grew up in gospel, so when I wanted to talk to them about it, you know they didn't they didn't have this standpoint where it was like oh we can let you can listen to any type of music that you want to listen to no it was like you only gonna listen to gospel music and that was it. Um, I, I know my brother, he loved r and b music. He loved like that old Michael Jackson type of music. Mm. so he would like listen to it on his Walkman and everything like that. And so when he would listen to it, you know, my parents would ask him like, "What you listening to?" And he'll be like, "Oh, I'm listening to like Michael Jackson." And my dad would be like, "You listen to that devil music? You don't need to <laughs> listen to all that type of stuff like that. So my dad, he was like he he listened to, to Michael Jackson when he was younger. But he didn't want us to have that background. He wanted us to really have a solidified gospel background. Okay. And so um, it just got to a point where it was ingrained in me to not do any type of music but, um, but gospel music. And so once I left um, school, once I left the house when I was 18, that was what was ingrained to me was to do gospel music. And so mm. I started doing, you know, started being in the choir. I started like basically... Um, singing gospel music and doing gospel music like full time I wanted to do that full time Mm -hmm. and never realizing like you know I was doing it for everybody else but not doing it for myself so
0: at that point were you taking gospel music and turning it into a career or was it more like you're serving in the church as part of the choir and you're using that as an outlet for your musical uh inclination I guess is the right word I don't know was it a career at that point, or was it just you being gospel Tay Lewis?
1: Yeah, I was trying to actually do both. Okay. So, like, I was trying, I was leading worship at church, and then also trying to be able to publicize myself as an artist, as a gospel artist. And um, I, loved, I loved gospel music, you know, because that's what, you know, I was brought up on. Gospel music is, is cool, but it wasn't the fact of, like, I wanted to do that as my artistry. Um, okay. I've always wanted to do that, do like country music as my artistry, but never knew how to step out of the box of doing that. have many songs written as a country artist, but did not feel as though that I would make people happy if I did country music because, you know, I wasn't marketable from what I heard. Like people told me that I wasn't marketable. I wouldn't do that. I couldn't right, be right, able right, to right, do right, that right, type right. of
0: stuff. So let's, let's go into that okay. a little bit deeply. Um so you said that you, you don't fit into that quote unquote gospel culture. That's what they told you. Yes. What does that, what does that really mean? Why did they say that? Why did they look at you, Tay Lewis and be like, dude, you, this is not going to work. What, what, tell us a story behind that.
1: Yeah. So, um, I went to, uh, I went to like two record labels. Um, I won't say the names cause I don't, I want to keep, you know, sure. But I went inside of two record label companies and they, one of them had told me, you know, they was like, oh my gosh, like you have an amazing voice. Like what type of music do you want to do? And I said, hey, I want to do country music. And, you know, at the time I was just like, that's what I wanted to do because I wanted to do it for myself and not for anybody else. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that I'm doing this because I love doing this. And this is what I love. This is the type of music that I wanted to do. This is the type of music I love doing. And <clears throat> what happened was, you know, they said, hey, you know, that's great that you want to do that. But I don't think that you're, you know, you're marketable for us as exactly. a record label. Basically, what that means for them is that, you know, you don't see a lot of African-Americans inside of, you know, the country realm. Um, um, take, for example, with Lil Nas. Lil Nas, they He had to put like a trap type of beat to his music for people to actually classify him as a because he wanted to do country. So he wanted to beat the rim of like bringing country and art and country and like rap together. But it was hard to do both of those, put those, put both of those together and let people respond to it like greatly. But it was like to the point where he was wanting people to respond to that. But he didn't get the response that he wanted. You know what I'm saying? Because he got mm. to the 100 billboard and then they took him off. Mm. I don't know if you know about that. So it's a lot of things like that that happens in the industry where it's like, you know, they're trying to to weave out, you know, African-Americans inside of, you know, the country realm because they're like, no, you need to stay in your lane because this is our lane. Don't try to do anything else that's like wow. trying to do country. You get know what I'm saying? They're not going to actually say it but yeah. it's like the way of the words, you mm-hmm. can feed through the words that they're saying. It's like, oh, don't try to do anything else but R&B or pop or gospel. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. don't don't try to do country because if you're trying to do country, you're not going to be marketable because there's not a lot of African Americans in that. The only people that I've seen has being successful in it is Darius Rucker and Jimmy Allen. So the only reason why they're they're, they're famous is because like, they marketed themselves, and then once they marketed themselves, then a record label tagged on to them. But and they were so, already
0: famous at this point.
1: Yeah, so most like Darius Rucker, when he became famous, he was already like you know basically going into um, to to like different shows and like doing what he was doing, and then he became a part of a group, which kind of like helped him that that became a well-known group. I forgot what the group was called, but um they became a well-known group mm-hmm. and they started singing all the way they started singing in nashville oklahoma all these different types of places and then he started to do his own thing and when he started to do his own thing that's when people already kind of flagged on to him and knew who he was as an artist so they were just like okay let's just feed off of that and then just keep going now with jimmy allen jimmy allen was a whole different ball game he went on to american idol Nobody really know that he went on American Idol because he only made it to the Hollywood uh, part of American Idol, and then from there, nobody signed him after that. Nobody wanted to sign him after that. He had great music, great content. He could play the guitar, but it was just the fact of like we don't think that you're marketable because you're not the typical, you know, white person, or you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And the people that the people that do make it into that industry of country music is people who are, you know, of different colors, of white, who are white. I mean, take, for example, if you're an Asian person and you're trying to do country music, you're probably not gonna, 9 to that 10, you're probably not gonna be able to get into that realm because it's solidified as only white people that are gonna be able to do that type of music.
0: Interesting.
1: Have you ever noticed, like, w- have you ever noticed, like, um, in the country realm that there's only, like, a lot of, there's, like, a lot of, like, caucasian people inside of the country and it's because like they weave the the african-americans out so they won't be able to do that type of music so that's just how it is
0: oh man so okay so i think we have a good picture of what the country music industry looks like from the big picture perspective now you were in gospel music but now you're going through these record labels trying to get into country they said that you're not marketable what happens after that?
1: So from there, I like picked up, it it was like heartbreaking. I'll say that um, to the point where I didn't really know what I was going to do because all I knew was that I wanted to be able to get into the industry. I've been trying my hardest to get into the industry. Like I've been working, you know, so hard. Like I've pulled out six to maybe $8,000 trying to create, you know, music, trying to create like content trying to be able to get to conferences to try to show people my music but nobody believed in who I was Um, and they saw me they 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 were like oh my gosh like you have a great voice but I don't think you need to be doing this I think you need to do something else and it's just like but what are you thinking about what I want to do like Mm. you're not thinking about what I want to do what is it you're not that's the one question that you're not asking is like what do you want to do like this is what we can do for you and it's just like, I know that you're trying to help me to get into the entertainment industry, but at the same time, it's like, am I going to be happy with whatever that you got me doing? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So that that was that was the biggest thing for me. And so it was heartbreaking, and um, I went through a period of like probably like two months where I was just like, "I don't know what to do, and I started asking you know, I'm very spiritual because obviously my dad, he brought me up spiritual. So I still don't forget that. But I started praying and I started asking God, like, God, what is it that you want me to do? I don't know exactly what you want me to do. Mm -hmm. And so um, he like, kind of, it was kind of like clear as day, kind of telling me like, look, your plan is to go out and spread, you know, the gospel, whether it's like doing whether if it's doing anything that you want to do but your plan, my plan for you is to go out and spread the gospel to people. And people are going to know that you are a child of God through the way that you walk. You know what I'm saying? Through the way that you talk through the way that you answer to people people are going to know because that's just how you are. So I don't even, and, and the crazy thing is that after that happened, um, I moved to New York and when I moved to New York, Steve called me, my, my best friend, Steve Musso, he called me. And when he called me, he was like, hey, you ever thought about coming to New York? And I was like, no, <laughs> because it snows. <laughs> so um, and so when I moved here, you know, it got to a point where I started like basically having conversations with people who were photographers, who were, um, who were singers, just like I was, and who were um, just musicians, period. And I solidified a team where it was just like, okay, I can be able to, to get a photographer and take photos for me. I can be able to get a marketing person who's a marketing person who does that for full time and talk to them and try to help them, try to help me to get where I need to be at as an artist. And so now I'm at this place where it's like, I don't need the record labels. If the, If the record label want to sign me, that's great, but I don't need them right now. I just need to work on my craft, work on my content, get where I need to be as an artist. And that's how I'm doing that. I'm just progressing as an artist to just get my content out there to be the artist that I need to be, so.
0: So if we take it back to the, the, the record label looking at you, being like, hey, you're not marketable as a country artist because you're African American in a Caucasian American industry, let's just call it that for the sake of simplicity. Mm-hmm that was an obvious hurdle trying to go through the, the professional route through the record labels. Now that you're kind of doing it by yourself, right? You said that you have your marketers, your photographers, your media people, people that you're working with to, to build up your own brand. Do you see those same hurdles even within the general public? Like, are you received differently than the non-Black country artists or is it pretty much the same in your opinion?
1: Um. I think it's pretty much the same, obviously, because, I mean, I see a lot of African-Americans who are who I reach out to who are country artists and um, they are having the same hurdles that I'm having. You know, they're trying to get out there. They even though they have the followers and stuff like that, but they're still trying to get out there to be the artist that they need to be. Um, And so they can't really help me or solidify me as an artist to try to get me to to get known out there in the industry. Um, because they're still trying to get known themselves. They're they still trying to get where they need to be as an artist. Um, but I've had some people, um, for example, Coffee Anderson. He's a um, country artist. And I've had him to actually, you know, respond to me and message me and tell me, like, hey, you're a great artist. You just need to work on these type of things. And um, And it's great that I have those outlets that I can be able to talk to certain people, talk to certain country artists, black country artists. Who are not professionally developed, that not professionally developed there, who have the followers but don't have management, who have the followers but don't have a record label that doesn't want to sign them. Um, And it's great to have those people that they can be able to talk to you, but I would say it's the same. Like we're still struggling, we're still trying to get over the hurdle. And I'm still trying to understand the fact of why we're still struggling to try to get over the hurdles. When we were the ones, I mean, if we go back back in history, Mm. we were the ones who actually started, you know, country, southern country music. You know, you take back with uh, also, I mean, obviously with Elvis Presley, he was Caucasian. But you have people who were like B.B. King, who, you know, implemented blues and country into his music. Um, And you have, you know, people who were, I can't think of his name, but you have so many people who were, you know, in that in that slavery time. who. Had country southern music feel to their to their songs, and we were the ones who originated it. But you know, we get we get slashed in the back because it's like, and I and I get it, I understand because it's like they look at it as like, oh my God, African Americans are taking over everything. Like they're good at basketball, they're good at this, they're good at that. What are we good at? You know, I'm saying I understand, (laughs) but at the same time, give us the same respect that you give somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it, that's, that's just the way it is. Like give us the same respect as you give a Caucasian person the same respect. And so I think we're still going through the same hurdles, but I'm still trying to figure out how can we get over those hurdles? Hmm.
0: I'm going to take it a little sideways for a second. Okay. So right now with your story, we're talking about an African-American man trying to get into country music. Now, do you coming from music see it the other way as well? Um, like for example i'm not as pop cultured as i used to be just because i'm older now and i just don't care Uh, (laughs) okay (laughs) but like if i just try to think off the top of my head in terms of rap music besides eminem that's about as far as my white rappers go in my mind okay um r&b same way right it's yes a lot of African-Americans who are basically owning it because I mean, they're just good. It doesn't matter what race they are. Right. Yeah. Um, I wonder, and I'm again, I'm not sure if you'll know the answer to this question, but is it similar from a Caucasian American white person's perspective of trying to get into an industry such as rap, hip hop, R and B that is dominated by African-Americans in general?
1: Hmm. That's a good question. Because honestly, I see a lot of Caucasians who are trying to get, who have like, you know, soared into the um, R&B industry, who have soared into, I mean, take take Sam Smith. Oh, Sam true. Smith, yeah, true, he true. Is, he's very unique um, with who he is as an artist. But the thing is, the gist of it is, is that they have to be extremely, extremely unique. If mm. they're not unique, then they're not going to take them. Because it's like, There's a whole lot of people, there's a whole lot of African-Americans who's trying to get into, who have, who can soar in the R&B world. But what makes you unique? Mm -hmm. But with Sam Smith, he's so unique because of his voice, the texture of his voice. He has this this African-American sound that Mm -hmm. makes him unique. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so people are gonna respond to his music. Another example, Adele. Adele is, you know, another example. (laughs) She's like a great artist. She's an amazing artist. But it's because of the texture of her voice and the ways that she sounds. People flock to her. There's another example. Yeba. Yeba is an is another example. She she's she's not all the way out there there yet, but she's a great artist and she has a southern, um, you know, gospel feel to her voice that makes people want to flock to her because she has that that sense of, of of style to her voice. So honestly, I would say. That, you know, they are there are some people who are unique, but you have to be unique when it comes to being in that in, when they in that type of industry. If you want to be R&B, mm-hmm. because they're not just going to put anybody in R&B because that's strictly for African-Americans. Mm-hmm. But you have to be strict. You have to be like extremely unique if you want to do the R&B route to so be Caucasian it- or Asian.
0: Is that the same way then with country where country is quote unquote for white people. So therefore to not be white and be in country, you have to be very, very unique.
1: You would think, but it's, uh, but it's not, um, I don't think so because if it were, if we were, I mean, the one primary thing that's unique about us is that we're African American, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Trying to get into country music, but obviously, They don't care about that. They care about what are you, how are you different than everybody else? What is your content that's different from everybody else? Well, you have a whole African-American that's standing in front of you that's trying to do country music. That speaks for itself, Mm -hmm. trying to, you know, be in the industry. But they don't look at that. They look at it like, oh, no, like, he's African-American. That's cool. We don't care. Let's find something else that we can be able to, how, how we can be able to market him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's isn't it
0: kind of the same thing that you said with Adele and Sam Smith though? Because it is, and they're unique, huh?
1: It is, and and that's what I'm saying. I'm still confused. I'm okay. still trying to understand the logistics behind how they how they operate. Yeah, because it it just it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. Gotcha. It really doesn't. I'm still trying to understand how they operate those things, but it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Um, And that's what frustrates me a lot is because, I'll give an example too. I went and auditioned for American Idol and I auditioned for The Voice and both shows denied me because I wanted to do country music. Oh, really? Now, mind you, that would look great for their show, you know? Mm -hmm. But it was because I'm not marketable. So after the show, they're going to be looking to see like, okay, if this person wins the show, are they going to be marketable? Are they going to be able to look perceiving to uh, like after they get off of our show Mm. well they're not because he's trying to do country music so how Mm. is he going to be perceivable after he gets off the show or they look at it as like they look at it and and, in many terms they look at it as like you're trying to be something that you're not Mm. so it's like when they when they look at it like that it's like oh you're trying to be something that you're not and it's like okay that's we're not gonna we're not gonna choose you as one of our casting people on our show. And so if you ever notice on these shows that uh, when they put an African American on the show, if they're only doing what? R&B and pop mm. and gospel. When have you ever seen somebody on the show that's doing like country music? It's because they look at it as like, oh, okay, he's not marketable. Oh, okay, he's not where we can be able to sell him. You know what I'm saying? Like. That's all about, that's all it is. Like, they want to look at it as like, oh, they look at you as like, oh, I just see green signs in front of me because, mm-hmm. you know, if they can't see green signs with it, then they're just not going to, they're not going to put you on the show. It's just yeah. how it is. So, it's
0: interesting. We started the conversation about a black man and country, but I feel like we're onto something much bigger now, right? Yeah. It's just uh, the music, maybe entertainment in general, where it's not, it's not just about A black man trying to get into country it's about any person who wants to do a specific course of music but doesn't fit the mold yeah it's very hard for them to get into that
1: exactly and that was the that was honestly when i when i learned the system i like basically took that and wrote a song uh the song that you just heard against the grain is basically explaining everything of what I've endured and how I'm just basically beating all odds of like what they want. You know what I'm saying? Because they want you mm-hmm. to conform. They want you to conform to what, what you want them to do. And my father and my mother always taught me to never conform to the society of the world, but be transformed. That's what it says in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed with a new, renewing of your right mind. And so we get into this mindset where we just feel as though like we have to conform to the society of the world. And it's like, when you conform to the society of the world, you never get to a, like, you feel like you're there, like you're there, but you're not, you're not happy. You're not successful. You're not where you want to be at because you're conforming. And it's like, it's making them happy, but it's not making you happy. And so when you get out of side, when you get outside of the conformity, that's when people are looking at you like, "Oh, you crazy! Oh, you dumb! Like, what are you doing?" Mm-hmm. But it's because, but you're making yourself happy. You know what I'm saying? You're not worried about what anybody else thinks. And that was my that was my purpose of yeah. what I of why I wrote that song is because I don't care about you know what they say about me anymore. I don't care. I used to care for people. I mean, for those entertainment industry people. I used to care about what they said about me. Oh, you're not this. Oh, you're not that. Oh, you can't be this. Or you can't be that. No, I can be that. No, I can do that. No, No I will do that, and Mm -hmm. I will show you that I can do that. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to conform to what you want me to do. I'm going to show you that I can do it. So, yeah.
0: And then you look back and remember it all started at Operation Dichotomy. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) This podcast. Exactly. That's that's awesome, man. It's on one hand, I'm sorry that you had to go through all that, but on the other hand, I feel like that's going to make you Tay Lewis be Tay Lewis and that's what's going to be so awesome about it is you've gone through the struggle. I mean, you wrote a song about it, right? So it did something. Yeah. And as they say, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? As long as you learn from it, grow from it, bounce back, it's going to make you who you are. And I am, I'm looking forward to the day. I think it will be soon when these record labels are going to be coming after you and you'll reject them saying, Hey, you don't fit the mold of what I want to work with. Exactly. (laughs) Unmarketable. Goodbye. That's
1: that's exactly <laughs> what I'm gonna say. I to be like, as soon as I like, as soon as they step in front, hey, we would like to sign you to our label. Oh, um, well, I don't think I'm gonna ever sign to your label because you, I'm just gonna conform to what you want me to do, and I, I'm not gonna do that. So it's yeah. okay. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. it's I, I heard there was one person. I don't know if you know her, Fantasia Barino, mm-hmm. but she was um uh, that's crazy how you don't know her but she was on american idol <laughs> and she was season three winner and i was listening to a podcast that she was on and she had told me how she's now an independent artist and I, she had like let me hear a lot about how she endured a lot of things into the industry even her being an r&b artist she now that she's an independent artist She doesn't have to clock in. She doesn't have to feel like she has to clock in and tell people, like, tell a record label, hey, I want to do this or hey, I want to do that. It's like now she can get up every morning knowing that she got money in her account. Now that she knows she can get up every morning and say, hey, I want to go to the studio and record a CD and knowing that it's going to be able to set sail. She she did it. She beat all odds because people knew her from when she started. And now she's, like, growing and evolving into the artist that she wants to be. And that's the way I want people to look at me, because I want people to understand that yes, I've worked hard. I have, I've spent over, like I said, seven to $8,000 trying to create content, trying to be able to get, you know, videos and trying to be able to get the best photos and stuff like that to try to get that, to try to, to fit that mold, to try to get where I need to be at as an artist. But that's the thing, like if you do the work, It's everything else is going to be like easy for you if you do the work. You know what I'm saying? Like people Mm -hmm. are going to flock to your page. People are going to flock to your, to your music because they know who you are as an artist. They see what you're doing. They see like the content that you're bringing out. You're unique. So if you say that you're unique, if you say that you want to do this and you want to do that, I would tell anybody that push, push through whatever the adversities are, push through everything that you, that people say that you can't do, that you can do so oh
0: man yeah i will i will man
1: did i encourage you to (laughs) good listen let me bless somebody let me bless somebody (laughs) dude
0: that's awesome Uh, we could talk about that for a whole nother hour if we had it um but for those of us who are listening um i my guess is that you had some value already from listening to tay but if you want to find more of him tay where can people find you
1: Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram, Tay Lewis Music. That's T-A-E-L-E-W-I-S Music underscore. So you can find me there on Instagram. Um, Give me a shout. Give me like a holler and, um, you know, shout me out, you know, and I'll post you back on my story. Um, And I think that's it. Oh, and you can find me on Facebook too, Tay Lewis Music um, underscore. So you can follow me there and I'll basically follow you back, you know? So
0: Cool. So that's Tay Lewis music, T A E L E W I S M U S I C Mm -hmm. underscore. Make sure you get the underscore at the end.
1: Underscore. Make sure you get it. Cause if you don't get it, you're not going to see. Well, you probably still going to see me, but because I'm like the only Tay Lewis music that's on their Instagram. But who who is
0: also African American and country singer. So exactly. You should see me. I
1: have like a cowboy hat on and everything. So you should see me up there. So
0: cool how stereotypical (laughs) just kidding (laughs) kind of anyways um, oh my god (laughs) Tay, what's one weird or interesting thing about you that we didn't cover today that uh that you want to share with us
1: yeah so um i was supposed to be a girl (laughs) when i was born can you explain that a little bit (laughs) so i was born so like um my mom and dad when they were uh my mom was pregnant with me the doctors had told her oh you're gonna be you're gonna be a girl it's gonna be a girl you know Mm -hmm. and i came out and they were like
0: oh what's that thing
1: what's that it's a boy (laughs) like and so i ended up having no name for like four days so i was an unknown for um, in the hospital (laughs) Uh
0: what was your name supposed to be
1: um tabitha oh yeah so they were gonna name me tabitha lewis and um, thank God for grace and mercy that I didn't get <laughs> Tabitha Lewis, okay? So, um, yeah, so my parents, they, they were like, look, I don't know what to name this child. So they ended up not giving me a name. And my uncle and my grandmothers ended up naming me. So I have four names. So they couldn't decide what to name me. So they gave me four names.
0: Wait, Isn't that so crazy? What were what the four names?
1: Travante Darius Teron Lewis. Wow. Yeah.
0: And you stuck with Tay because it's much easier because for that's people it's to just remember.
1: exactly yeah. exactly because too many people they're gonna be like that's that's just way too much I know and I don't understand why y'all just didn't give me a usual name but nobody they couldn't because the fact of the matter is that I was supposed to be a girl and they had a girl name set yeah and then. I mean, bro, they even had a whole baby shower and everything. <laughs> everything, bro. It was like, can you just imagine, especially cause you about to have a kid. Can you just imagine like your wife and y'all supposed to have a girl, right? Yep. So can you just imagine the doc, like when the baby comes out, it's a boy, what are you going to do? Like you just had a whole baby shower and everything like for mm-hmm. the girl. well
0: we chose a unisex name or one of those Uh. (laughs) so we don't have to change the name at all
1: oh my god see and that's what i'm saying like you couldn't even name a guy tabitha that yeah that doesn't work you know what i'm saying that would be interesting
0: that would make you a very unique country singer though
1: that would because they would be like tabitha
0: so okay. all, all kinds of bubbles bursting over here, man. Tabitha Lewis, the black man who is a country singer. So what's going on?
1: Exactly. Exactly. No, if I was on the other side of the table, I would probably look at him like, I know his mom and daddy real dumb for that. <laughs> for naming him, <laughs> naming him that.
0: Okay. Well, thanks for sharing that, man. You were supposed to be a girl. You're not
1: yeah uh-huh. i couldn't honestly i could not find anything else that was unique i was like what can i say this like that's unique about me because we already talking about country, so yeah i was like what else can i say that's unique about me well
0: i think i think that was a good one so thank you okay all right everyone uh i think we'll call call it a that for this one just because i feel like tay and i can talk about a lot of different things for a long time and yeah. we don't want to bore you all too much but we'll leave you with we talked about for, for country music and just music in general. I know for me personally, I, knew, I learned a lot about, um, about an industry I really didn't know that much about. And, you know, this whole show is about breaking bubbles or bursting bubbles and breaking stereotypes and getting past judgments. But I feel like now listening to what Tay had to say about the music industry in general, there's so much of it that still exists at the professional level. If you're a black person, it's hard to get into country music because it's supposed to be a quote unquote white music industry, and as we kind of started discussing, it's the same way the other way around. If you're a Caucasian or white um I don't even know what the correct way of saying it is, so I keep going back and forth, but if you're offended, I'm sorry um
1: <laughs> It's yeah, okay, it's okay get, get used to it it's, but this is this happen. is what the podcast is for,
0: you know exactly um But yeah, so as a white person, it is hard to get into rap music unless you're super unique or super talented. And the same goes for R&B, same goes for gospel. And is there a greater stereotypical slash racist issue at play in the music industry? Maybe, maybe not in all circumstances, but maybe there is some. Like we just don't know, but at least now we are aware of the possibility that it does exist and we can try to understand the other side. So again, Tay, thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, I know you taught us a lot and appreciate your time.
1: Of course, of course. I'm always here,
0: man. Awesome. So if you haven't done so already in the, the course of the last five minutes we've been talking, go ahead and follow Tay Lewis. He has some good Follow music. me. <laughs> and as I, as I played for you earlier, his music is, is good.
1: It's Thank you, bro. Thank it, you. It's just good. And remember. I worked really hard on that. I did.
0: Take a look. Uh, Reach out to Tay, reach out to me. We'll have it ready for you so you can take a look. All right, everyone. Thanks again for your time. Until next time.